Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. All right, we're good. We're on. Ooh, what are we talking about today? Oh my goodness. Well, drinking wine, and uh, we're. I wanted to talk about timelines because mm. you know we, you and I have been having some conversations about weddings lately. Yep. Uh, some friends getting married and kind of joking around. I, I was saying I haven't been to a wedding, and I mean, you're. I went to your brother and sister in law's wedding. It's so fun to call your sister-in-law. No, no, I love it. Um, Shout out, Kels. Yeah, but I went to their wedding in October, but that's probably the first wedding I've been to in maybe seven years. And, you know, you were saying your boyfriend's having friends getting married. And I'm like, I don't know what the timeline is now. I think I'm waiting for people go to, to go through their second round of divorces. Um, you know, we have friends having babies. And so I was just thinking, you know, there's so many interesting timelines and things we put on ourselves sometimes where totally. it's like, you need to be married by a certain age, have a kid by a certain age, be at a certain place in your career by a certain age. And, and some of those timelines just get thrown out the window, whether it's circumstance or some shit happens to you or you don't care. But I think, I think it's just great thing to talk about because I think we all, maybe not all, but I think most people have some kind of timeline of how they think things will go until life happens. And then mm-hmm. maybe we have to adjust that. Actually, this is really relevant because I was just um, recording a podcast for Lara Schoenfeld, who is an RD and has like a similar business to us. She has a podcast for RDs to build their business. And one of the things she was saying was um, that she helps her clients create like a lifestyle business, like a business that supports their lifestyle. And we sort of got into this idea of borrowed goals mm. and borrowed scripts. And I think because we were, we were, her and I both and you too, all started around like 2010, 2011 in the online space. And she was kind of saying at the time, and I thought this is funny because you and I have said this, she was saying, you know, I didn't really feel like a lot of urgency. I wasn't like, oh, I need to get to 10K months. I didn't, she goes, I was just doing it because I don't know, you just did it. Yeah. And it was just fun. Was fun. And like, it just was, you had a passion for helping people. And now it's not that it's anyone's fault, but what we're seeing online now is a lot of sort of expectations of it's supposed to happen overnight or why isn't it happening fast enough. And I think so much of that has to do with the fact that we're seeing numbers that we've maybe yes. never seen before. We're seeing like your, you know, your neighbor can have a million followers on Instagram and you're like, why well, don't I have a million followers? Like we're just not seeing the numbers that we've seen ever before. And especially when you and I were coming up as just Facebook personal pages, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so she was saying, you know, that a lot of times her clients get in their head that they need to be making doing 10 K months within 90 days. And you're seeing a lot of this marketing and oftentimes we don't stop and think to ourselves, okay, could I could make I could make 10K months within 90 days, but what lifestyle would I have? And is that actually something I want to do? So she was saying, you know, for a lot of her clients, she works with a lot of moms and we do too. Like for them, success might look like, you know, bringing an extra like couple thousand a month and contributing to the household and being able to take the family on vacation, whatever. It doesn't have to look like 10K months, Mm. multiple six figure, seven figure business. 
And I feel like sometimes it's so easy to get caught up in, this is a business analogy, but it obviously can be an analogy for life as well. We get so caught up in what other people deem the right timeline Mm -hmm. or the right way to do something or what success looks like. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know about you, but in my my 20s, I never like stopped to think to myself, what do I really want? It was just get everything as fast as possible. Yeah. It was just find the husband, find the one, find, get the job with the salary and the 401k and make sure like, and then what, Mm -hmm. you know? And then you get to this point. I think this is why like people have midlife crisis is because that's the question. You're like, now what? Now I just do this forever. And like, everything is just on like autopilot. And then that's when people, you know, like when things happen in relationships or you have the kids and like things, you know, and you sort of start looking up and going, God, it's not the fairy tale that I thought it was. And it certainly can be. We're not saying it's not. But for a lot of people, this is where they have that crisis of meaning or that crisis of uh, identity where Mm -hmm. they go, God, I have all the things. I checked all the boxes. Why am I not happy? Yeah. Why am I not feeling fulfilled? And that's a huge source of shame. Do we need to do an entire episode called Marketers Ruin Everything? They ruin every fucking thing. <laughs> because, you know, I think going back to what you said about your interview and conversations we were having earlier today is we didn't have any expectations. None. We weren't we weren't looking at, I wasn't trying to figure out how to do a seven-figure launch or six-figure. I didn't figure. even know what that, how many to zeros me, that was. I was <laughs> totally, like, what is that? Totally. I'm trying to make like $100 this week. Yes, yes. And I, I think that these expectations and then the testimonials and all of these things come around. So suddenly you're going, oh, if I do a launch, it, it's supposed to be six figures every time. It's supposed to hit this certain benchmark. That didn't even exist in my reality because... Even the word launch, the vocabulary was new. I was just, we were making, we were making it up. Jill and I always say we invented this shit, but honestly, we did. Us and, you know, everyone who was starting around that time, we were all making it up. We were all figuring it out. We were all inventing it as it happened. And, and so, you know, going back to, to Shantae's episode, if you haven't listened to it, she talks about it's all made up. And even I'm thinking about all the, like the timelines that we were joking around. Um, one of our friends is pregnant and I was talking about, you know, she said the first question people ask her is, are you getting married? Because she's not married yet. And I said, it goes back into childhood mm. where we're just ingrained with that song. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes baby in the baby carriage. So we have this idea of how things are supposed to go in what order they're supposed to be in and how that looks. And we never really stopped to think maybe... I don't know, maybe I'm just a single woman in my thirties and I want a fucking baby. Or maybe, uh, you know, I'm not in love and I get pregnant, like I get pregnant on accident. Like nobody prepares for these things that happen in life that happen so often. I mean, how often? So often. I would love to see stats on how many babies were actually born on purpose to a married couple versus babies born quote on accident to an unwed couple to, you know, all of the scenarios that happen because pregnancies happen. Right. And, and there are so many things now, and even to same-sex couples or whatever. And mm-hmm. I'm really curious as mm-hmm. to maybe even you know the 20s versus now. But things have changed so much, but we still have these old ideologies of what they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So we can look outside and see, you know, we have same-sex couples having um, kids and, and getting married, and yet we still have this like internalized idea of how things should go. And I was talking to my therapist about this. Um, we were talking about like the hustle culture. And I was telling her, it was actually really funny. So I have my alarm set every day for 7.15 a.m. 
but I hit snooze for an hour to two hours every day. Like <laughs> literally hit snooze all morning. So I don't get up to like nine o'clock, 8.30, nine o'clock. And my therapist goes, why do you do that? Like, why don't you just set it for like in the middle, like do 8.15? And I was like, because I feel like I feel like I need to be getting up because I feel as if if I'm not up at seven, then I'm like lazy, that's something wrong with me. And I was raised by, my, my mom was raised by a military my grandfather was in the military and raised by this army guy where you're up and you're doing something. And so my therapist goes, why can't you just move your alarm to like 8.15 and just wake up later? So then you're not hitting snooze for that long and you maybe will be more refreshed and actually wake up. I, I even told Jeff, I go, so my therapist, my homework was to set my alarm to 8.15 and he's right out of his mouth. He goes, thank God. He's, he's <laughs> just like, your alarm annoys the shit out of me. You don't hear it. But I told her, I said, I feel like I need to be doing something. I need to be getting up earlier like this. And I said, I feel like it's internalized, um, not like we talk about internalized misogyny. I go, I feel like it's internalized hustle, hustle culture. So even though logically I can understand it's ridiculous to set my alarm for a time I will never get up at and I can't get out of bed, but the guilt makes me continue to do it. So it's just internalized mm. feeling that I need to be up doing a certain thing at a certain time, even though it makes no sense. I never actually get out of bed at that time. I'm driving my partner crazy because my snooze is going off and I don't hear it. And I'm doing this for two hours every morning. So I feel like a lot of us have this internalized timeline. We have internalized hustle culture. We have internalized uh, how it sh should be for a parent. Yep. We have internalized what our career should look like. But we need to look at, is that actually working for us? Especially in the realm of fitness and, you know, even you and I with talking about infidelity on this podcast in 2017, no one was really talking about it back then. Or if they were, it was really in more, uh, what's the word, in more like rare spaces, like more like, you know, s like uh, specific little circles. I felt like it wasn't super mainstream. And now we're seeing more people talking about infidelity and stuff. And I think there was an opportunity for us to just to, to talk about it and be that example to say, and like, once you and I start talking about it, so many people came out of the woodwork to say, same thing happened in my marriage, same thing. And not everyone left. Like a lot of people end up staying, but they felt like they could talk about it. So I think there's power, even if you're not, even if you look around and you're like, everyone around me is married, everyone around me has kids. I don't, there's a huge opportunity to just own the power of that, right? To just own it and be the one out in front yep. that other people can look to. I try to do that with the fitness stuff and really like own my muscle and like add muscle and like be a strong woman. Like, you know, and I know that's much more, I think it's becoming more mainstream, but there's an opportunity if you decide to take it, there's an opportunity for you to be the one out in front, being the example for other people, right? But you got to own it. You got, you can't have this like, oh, it's bad. I'm bad. It's wrong. There's something wrong with me. I think as soon as we start spiraling and blaming ourselves and all the shame, like that's really when you feel miserable, right? But if you just come out and you fucking own it, that's when other people rally around you because there's something so just uh, energetic and attractive about that energy, about that ownership energy being like, fuck it. I'm just fucking doing it. I'm calling it. I'm saying it out loud and not like a, like a fuck you way, but yeah. in like just a powerful way. I think especially as women, there's a lot of opportunity there. So if you're listening to this and going, well, it sounds great, Jill, but no one around me, everyone around me has kids and is married and I'm 30 and like, I'm feeling like I'm um, fucking something's wrong with me. Be the one out yeah. in front being like, I love my life. 
Because guess what? There's plenty of people who are married with the kids and all the check boxes and they're not happy. Yes. Oh, it's so good that you said that. I think a couple of things that I took away from this was one, uh, seeing, being the example. So I remember when I went through the infidelity in my marriage and I already saw you, you had kind of been a year ahead and just seeing you kind of owning it gave me a lot of courage to go, okay, she's single. She's like in the same situation. We're like suddenly 35 and dumped out into this new world. If Jill can handle it, I can handle it. And just there's, uh, there was other women out there who were doing it. And I'm like, well, and also because you, you at the time when I shared with you that my husband had had an affair, you were like, but you're pretty so confused and successful. (laughs) And, and I, so I think, and, and that was, you know, that was hard for me to to get to, but then when you saw it, you were like, Oh, I think hopefully anyway, you didn't take it as personally in your own marriage because you were like, Oh, it really doesn't have anything to do with my attractiveness. Even though we want to go to that space. I definitely wanted to go there. And I had this mantra of this, this has nothing to do with me. Like, this is not about me. It's not about me. Right. And every time I got that trigger of like, was I not pretty enough? I wasn't good enough. I was like, it's not about me because I could look at you and go, the definitely wasn't about her. Like she's successful. She's gorgeous. She's got all, I was like, this makes no sense. Mm -hmm. So that helped me so much to see that example. And it's funny because back to the other, the flip side of what you just said was there's people who want exactly what you have and are jealous. And it's like, so we were talking to a friend who, um, she was talking about a couple who they were trying to have, they were trying to have a baby and there was someone else who like married, have the kid. And then there's someone else who's like single and they're like, Oh, you're so lucky. You're free and you're single and you could travel. And then the other person is like, Oh, I'm like, I want to have a kid. I'm trying to stay back. And so there's people who are wanting what you have, regardless of what you have. Like there's been times where I thought, Oh, all my friends are, have kids, all my friends, um, they're married. They all have children. They're all doing this life. And I didn't realize how for me, I was starting to go, man, I'm not there. I'm not with them. I don't like, I can't relate how some of them were really more envious of my life. And I was sitting there going, thinking they probably were judging me for not having their life. And on it was really the flip side. They were mm-hmm. like, oh my God, you have so much freedom. You could do what you want. And so it made me actually appreciate what I had more. But I think we do need to appreciate where we are in whatever stage because it can change too. Totally. You know, I, one of the things I did, uh, 2018, I had decided my, my puppies died and I wasn't married anymore. And my lease was coming up on my apartment and I was going, you know, this is the one time in my life I can travel. I don't know if I'll ever have this opportunity again. I may be in a relationship. I may have another pet or something. So this is a time I'm going to use to just go see the world and go do a lot of things I've never done before. And I'm proud of myself for doing that. And so I think to wherever you are, like own that time. If you have a toddler, and it's hard to have a baby, a newborn, a toddler, whatever age, to have a child is difficult. But to go, this is not going to be, there's never going to be a time in my life where my child is this age again. So own that while it happens and you're, you'll have another time in your life where you get to travel or you get to do your thing. But we have to just, like where you are is where you are. And so being able to own that piece regardless of what it looks like, whether you're a single mom, whether you're not a mom, whether you're married, whether you're not married whether you're single and looking, whether you're like in a bad relationship, you're in this time for the present moment. And you're also There's not no boxed guarantees. in, right? Like you right. can literally be a, a single woman with no kids in their thirties and be fucking owning it and loving it. And then be like, yeah, I want to get married. 
you know, it doesn't take away from like, you don't need to be like the, cha- like just because you mm-hmm. are owned, it doesn't mean you're like championing it for everyone else. Yes. You know, I think we think, we think about this with like Adele or someone like that who like loses a bunch of weight and then a bunch of people are like, Hey, you were the, the figurehead for like these, you know, for like an overweight, like successful star. And then she's like, but I did what I need to do for me. So don't ever feel like, even if you own it, you can always change your mind. And you can always change the narrative and you can always do something else. But whatever, to Danny's point, whatever you're doing, I feel like there's so much power and just not only acceptance, this is where I'm at. And it doesn't mean I'm bad or good or right or wrong. It just is where I'm at and I'm going to fucking own it. Because what's the alternative? The alternative is fucking misery. Misery and anxiety and not feeling good enough and constantly wanting something else. And I know because you guys have have messaged us, there's probably people listening to this going, God, I put so much pressure on myself to just be there already, to have that thing. And I know that especially if you're a woman and you want to have a baby and like you are reaching that age where sometimes maybe from a biological standpoint, it can be a little bit harder, there's a lot of grief there. And I think it's okay to grieve that, but then what else? There's this, um, and I, one of the reasons why I love Sex in the City, and I think everyone, all, all women do, but there was, you know, when I think about Sex in the City, it was like the late 90s. Like, mm. you know, and I think we were pretty progressive at that point, but we're obviously so much more progressive now. Late 90s, and I remember there was this episode with Carrie and the main character and, and her, she was with an older guy and he said, well, you're 38, like if you want a kid, you should have one. But just so you know, I'm done. And so she had this moment of deciding. She's like, I never thought I wanted one, but now that it might be off the table, Mm -hmm. do I want one? And she was talking to Samantha who is older and her friend, Samantha. And and Samantha was like, okay, no baby. What else is there? And Carrie was like, well, there's travel and love and adventure and great relationship. And she's like, yeah, what's up with that? So I think also filtering it through what other possibilities Mm. there are because yeah like the biological clock shit fucking sucks you know and for someone who really wants that it's you need to grieve that but then also you have to at some point turn the corner and be like what else am I going to do? What other amazing things are there out out here for me? So I know it's easier said than done but at, at some point you have to what else on the menu? Yep yep I love it. And it's, you know, letting go of the timeline is freeing. It is. Mm-hmm. It's, and I think some of us do it because we have to. It's like you, maybe we followed the timeline. We got, we went to school. We got the degree. We got married. We had the kids. And then, you know, as we talk about a lot on the podcast, these life interruptions, there was an affair. There was a death. There was something. And it just a job slapped, loss yeah, slapped that all out of your hands. And now suddenly you're standing here going, I feel so lost because my script has been ripped out of my hand and I don't know what's next. And this is just like a call to you. And maybe the podcast is to help you go, you get to choose what's next. Like this is the exciting piece of it. It's scary because you don't have the script, but if you look at it, did you want that script anyway? And maybe you didn't really have a say in it. You just went along with it. So I think what's really, really amazing about these quote shitty things that happen in life that kind of take us off track and derail us is that we can get back on a completely different track. Maybe not the track we ever thought we'd be on, but something that could be way more inspiring, magical, uh, opening. And I don't know, something really cool. Yep. I love it. It's so good. Anyway, this is a great conversation. And, um, 
you know, I think we've taught, we've like sprinkled this idea in other episodes, but I think it's great to just do like a, a dedicated episode all about this, especially because it's timely, especially because I don't know about you, but I feel like in this weird place at 40 where like we have friends that are much older and we have friends that are much younger. Mm-hmm. We have friends that are married. We have friends that aren't married. We have friends that, are, you know, have a lot of kids. We have friends who have yeah. infertility. It's really interesting to see all the alternative lifestyles. And I don't know that I could have seen those at 20 because yeah. I was so just myopically focused on like what I needed to do to feel okay or accepted or like that it was I was doing the right thing. And it's really fun at this age and this uh, phase of life to see all the alternatives. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's a menu. I'm like, what am I picking next? Yeah. 40 is interesting because we have it is. friends having babies and friends, literally their kids are going like graduating high school. Yeah. And wild. it's like, wow, here we go. You get, yeah. so you're starting from, and there's so much less judgment empty, around all of it. Yeah, isn't there? Yeah. There's just like so much less judgment around all of it too. Or you're empty nesting. It's like, mm-hmm one of the other. Yep. So, yep. I love it. Y'all, we love you. Uh, if you can remember to leave us a review on your podcast app, leave a five star and maybe a little, little blurb about what you like about the episodes or anything, anything at all you want. We would love that. So hopefully we'll see you on the next episode. All right. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.